Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out. He is a loathsome, offensive brute, yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. This is like catching a big brown trout on the White River. I've always wanted this. Give me the hogs, Chuck. Hey, welcome in. Glad you are here. Good to be back on the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. A week away on the Redneck Riviera. And what I can tell you after being down there is that every fan base in the SEC thinks they're going undefeated. At minimum, they're going to go 10-2. and Every single one of them. Everybody believes that at this point in the summer. And, uh, of course, mathematically, it's not possible. But everybody's undefeated right now, and everybody thinks they're going to be great. And I guess that's the way it's supposed to be as you move through July. The SEC media days are underway. They begin in earnest today, and that's where we are going to begin on the Give Me the Hawks Chuck podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Now, Arkansas's day is going to be Wednesday. Sam Pittman's going to be there. He'll be joined by K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, and Landon Jackson. There are three coaches, three head coaches, three schools who are being represented today. There will be four more tomorrow, four more on Wednesday, and then they'll wrap it up with three on Thursday. That was a time when they would do this in a day and a half. Now they stretch it out over the entire week. If you've been paying attention, the, I think the Pac-12s had theirs, the Big 12s had theirs, SEC this week, Big 10 next week. These things have almost turned into rallies of sorts. You know, the commissioner gets up and gives his state of the conference address and all seems to be well with the world. And uh, then the next week, a different league comes along, and they have the spotlight, and the scene repeats itself. So we're going to talk about the SEC's version today. Greg Sankey had the center of the stage at the beginning of SEC Media Days today. If you're familiar with this, Sankey gets up, and he basically gives his state of the conference address, and he touches on a wide variety of topics. And most of the time, he speaks generally. Uh, broad strokes for broader issues. Uh, Now, he got into a lot of specifics this morning. As you can imagine, there was a good bit of bragging about the success of the SEC in football, and rightly so. It's the standard. Um, But he commands the center stage, at least on day one. I say that. I say that with all due respect to Brian Kelly, Eli Drinkwitz, and Jimbo Fisher. They've all had their turns at the podium today. In fact, we're going to hear from Jimbo coming up a little bit later. But Sankey's the one who really commanded the center of the stage first today. Now, there are a myriad 
of issues in college football right now. Uh, The ones that get discussed the most are NIL and the transfer portal. From a conference perspective, perhaps expansion, and certainly what the 2025 schedule is going to look like, is it going to be nine or eight games? Those are broad topics that people have discussed all summer long, and Sankey had an opportunity to address today. Now, NIL is the issue that I think probably stands separate from all the others when you look at college football. It's affected things in ways that I don't even think the average fan understands. There are several different states who've enacted their own laws regarding the NIL. There's not uniformity. There's no national law. And if you've paid attention, you know that over the course of this summer, there have been some athletic directors. Hunter Yurichek was one of them. There have been coaches. Nick Saban was one of them. They went to Washington. They spoke with their representatives and told them what was happening in college football and essentially went to them asking for their help, which is... You know, kind of a shocking development, frankly. Greg Sankey said today that only Congress can fix what ails college sports in terms of the NIL. He had some very lengthy comments. I want to play them right now. Some of these are interesting. Some of them maybe are redundant. But I want to come back to a point when it's over. So let's listen right now to the comments from the commissioner. The reality is our student-athletes deserve something better than a patchwork of state laws that support their name, image, and likeness activity, if support is the right word. Our student-athletes deserve something better than a race to the bottom at the state legislature level. As the efforts are made to create what are perceived as a competitive edge through state laws that are not overseen. Future student-athletes, those who right now might be 15 or 16, or 17 years old, they deserve something better than to need to sort through a fully unregulated marketplace. Being approached by individuals who present themselves as something that they may not be, where anyone can purchase card stock and run it through a printer and call themselves an agent on a business card, and then engage in making offers to young people that are neither transparent, that do not include protections that many of us would expect to be normal. It makes it difficult for young people to both understand and navigate this free-for-all as they're trying to make life-guiding and life-changing decisions. To our knowledge, no state has taken action to enforce its own state laws around name, image, and likeness activity. At the same time, we've seen in a number of states laws enacted that bar associations, the NCAA, or conferences, including the Southeastern Conference, from enforcing what, at our level, at the conference level, are still to be adopted, if ever, NIL policies. In other words, the states haven't been active in enforcing laws, and now states are preventing the NCAA or conferences from adopting and enforcing reasonable name image and likeness standards. 
If states will not enforce the laws, and states are going to prohibit the NCA or conferences from enforcing these reasonable policies, congressional action is then the only way to provide a national uniform standard for name, image, and likeness activity, and to draw the lines around the boundaries that do not become simply pay for play. Now, I talked about a lot of things there, but I want to come back to the desire among student-athletes for uniformity. And I think this goes to the heart of the issue. Players don't know what other players are being paid at certain schools. They don't know what the NIL deal is at School B while they're being recruited by School A. They don't know what the going rate is, in other words. They do not know their market value. Now, I personally believe that that is unfair to the players. Now, we can debate whether NIL is good or bad. That's a different issue. NIL's here, and it's not going anywhere. You're naive if you think otherwise. But there has got to be a system in place where there is fair market value, and players go into this with an idea of what they're worth. One of the comments that the commissioner talked about there was, you know, promises made and then promises not kept. You know, I'm not naive. I've been around this a while. I know that sometimes promises are made, oftentimes with the best of intentions. But they end up not turning out quite the same as the promise indicated they might. And it's not to say people are lying when they say it. It's just circumstances change. And that's sort of how it works. But I do think that the players really do need to be empowered on this, not to make more money, but to have an understanding, a real understanding, of what their market value is. The purpose of the NIL, at least one of the stated purposes of the NIL, was to help educate these student-athletes on what their market value is, what it might be, what they could turn it into. But if you don't know what the other schools are paying, and if there is no disclosure, and if there is no uniformity, you have no chance of that happening. Kids are going to get sold bills of goods. Kids are going to get promised things that don't end up turning out the way they were told they would. The commissioner is exactly right on this one. He couldn't be more correct. Now, my suspicion is there's going to be some effort made to arrive at this so-called uniformity. Now, there will be schools in short order who find ways to get around it. We've gotten to a situation now where players are being paid. I believe that if there are penalties committed, if there are violations committed, the penalties should be severe. The penalties should be very severe for the violations. But I think that if there is going to be uniformity, apparently, based on what the commissioner said today, Only Congress can fix that, which kind of tells you the predicament that they're in.
Hey, I want to talk about future expansion and what the commissioner had to say on that, too. But first, I want to talk to those of you who are in the housing market. Buyers and sellers. Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, is the name you need to remember. If you're buying a home, if you're selling a home, I can tell you from firsthand experience, they are the partners that you need, whichever side of the table you're sitting on. All you've got to do is pay attention to what's going on in the world, and you know that housing costs and things of that nature are major news, and it changes often, changes dramatically. You need a professional on your side of the table, and I can tell you again from my experience that when you partner with a Weikert agent, you're getting the best train in the business. They knew things I'd never even thought of. They knew ways to maneuver through and around situations that never crossed my mind. That's what professionals do, and that's what you're going to find when you partner with them. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith, Branson, and you can always log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Yeah, and said anything more true this entire show than what you just said, Chuck. <laughs> Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts all right one more thing on day one of sec media days and the commissioner at least from the commissioner's perspective anyway um expansion what's gonna happen You know, you seem to see a new article every month about this league's doing this, this league's going to do that, and this league's going to have to make a move to counter this league's move. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. This is what the commish had to say about that today. I've been careful. When I was here in Atlanta last year, I was clear that we're focused on our growth to 16. And I've watched others' message about we're not done yet. I referenced this. We're going to go to this particular reason. I just don't think that's healthy. People could criticize me to say, wow, you really sprung it on people in 21, which we did. And maybe there's no clean and perfect way to deal with conference membership. It's not been a topic in the Southeastern Conference other than providing updates. So we're very attentive to what's happening around us. Whether those are from all of your fine investigative writing or maybe opinions. And then focusing on our growth to 16 because it's an enormous task. And and so that's my view. Do I think it's done? People will say, well, I get to decide that. Right now it appears others are going to decide that before we have to make any decisions. And so my view is we know who we are. We're comfortable as a league. We're focused on our growth to 16. We've restored rivalries. We're geographically contiguous with the right kind of philosophical alignment and we can stay at that level of super conference of course he's right on pretty much everything that he said the sec can stay at this level of super conference by the same token what other leagues do is probably going to dictate at least to a degree what the sec does you can say we're the trendsetter people follow us but that's not reality the sec is the leader there's no doubt but the idea that you can just be on an island out there and not pay attention to what the other conferences are doing and react accordingly, you're not going to remain the leader very long if you don't do that. So uh, there's going to be more movement, but I just uh, I just thought that was interesting to listen to. All right, on to um, 
Jimbo Fisher. I want to play this cut from Jimbo Fisher. Uh, Bobby Petrino, of course, has been hired as his offensive coordinator. There is a good bit of discussion about how that relationship may work. Now, they've been together a while already. It's not like they're just getting together. Now, we'll begin to see the finished product when their season opens, but they've been together for a while. And anytime you have a head coach who's been a play caller, who hires an offensive coordinator, in this case a former head coach, a former SEC head coach, who's not only a play caller but one of the most renowned play callers out there, you're going to have some questions. Now, our man Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette asked Jimbo Fisher today about how much freedom Bobby P is going to get. And here's what Jimbo had to say. I'm not going to get into what we're doing, how we're doing it. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to avoid anything. I just don't want to create you, you create advantages or narratives out there for what goes on. But listen, Bobby was hired for a reason. And he's a tremendous coach and tremendous guy and a tremendous football mind, tremendous recruiter. He's done a great job recruiting since he's been there. Everything he does. And hopefully he'll call the game. We'll have suggestions on things we do. And whether it's offense, defense, every coach is always involved. That's, it's a more collective thing than people want to give it room for and then when you but when you get to call and you get on a roll you gotta have a guy that can do it and i think bobby can definitely do that and doesn't as well as anybody in college football i have great respect for me and him have always we've had a great admiration for each other for a long time and his knowledge and his production and what he's done look these guys are professionals and they need one another right now now jimbo really didn't say anything there that was coach speak if you ever hear it and he didn't want to get into much of that at all during the course of his rounds today in nashville But Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher need one another in the worst way right now. Jimbo's trying to save his job. Texas A&M was anemic offensively last year. They couldn't score. They did against us, but they couldn't score generally speaking. And they needed an overhaul there. I'm sure, I'm quite certain that Texas A&M's position on this was, let's go out and hire the best play caller we can find that's interested in coming and being our offensive coordinator. They contacted Bobby Petrino. I don't think anybody can argue. He's among the best. And he was available. And they went out and they hired him. You know, I've been around Coach Petrino a lot. And I can tell you when he was here, when he was the head coach, his voice was the only voice. But I can also tell you this about Bobby Petrino. And I, I, I gleaned this from being around him for the four years that he was here, I really believe he is happiest when he is in a film room by himself with nobody to interrupt him, and he's figuring out how he's going to hang half a hundred on that defense he's watching on video. I really think that's when he's at his happiest. He was never comfortable with media stuff. He always viewed booster club meetings as part of the job. Now, he wanted to do those jobs well. But he never liked all that stuff. And it came with a job, and he was being paid well, and it was part of the gig, and so he did it. What I'm driving at is I think they'll be fine. I really don't think there's going to be a problem. Will there be disagreements and arguments? Sure there will be. As Jimbo Fisher said from the podium today, he asked the question rhetorically. He said, have you ever been in a coach's meeting room? Of course we're going to argue. But I suspect at the end of the day, Bobby Petrino will be the play caller. Jimbo Fisher will offer his thoughts. But I also know this about Petrino, and I know it very well. He's the son of a coach. He respects the process. 
He was an assistant coach. He was a grunt. He was a gopher back when he was a young guy. He understands the chain of command. He is a football coach to the core. And I believe he'll benefit Jimbo Fisher. I believe A&M will be better because he's hired Bobby Petrino as the head coach. And while I do believe very strongly, there will be disagreement from time to time. This will be Bobby Petrino's offense. And for that reason, um, you know, the SEC better beware. That includes us and that includes everybody else. All right, before we go on, Bet Saracen and the Bet Saracen app. We're talking about college football. Man, is it about to heat up. And we're not that far away from each and every Saturday and Sunday. We're really Thursday through Monday night. You're going to be on that app. If you've not downloaded it, you need to do so. You need to get ready. They've already got lines out for opening week at the Bet Saracen app. They've got a how-to-play video. They'll fix you up in a hurry. I know there are Vegas odds, but also know if you're going to be in Vegas or if you're going to play them legally, you've got to be in Vegas. And I know that there are a lot of laws in our state that keep those national apps from operating within our state. So the Bet Saracen app really is where you need to be if you're going to be the most informed. It is Vegas, Arkansas style at the Bet Saracen app. All right, a couple of notes here before we go. Baseball in the big leagues. Former Razorback Drew Smiley is going to pitch for the Cubs tonight. They're in Wrigley Field against the Washington Nationals. Smiley's 7-6 and six this year, still hanging in there. He was part of that 2009 College World Series team at Arkansas. He's got a 4.31 ERA this year. Another guy who was part of that 2009 Razorback College World Series team, James McCann. He was a backup now for the Orioles. I've talked about him before. He's one of my favorites, if you can't tell. Had a base hit and three at-bats in their 5-4 to four win over Miami on Sunday. Baltimore, what is it, eight straight wins now, I think? They're within a game of first place in the American League East. They host the Dodgers tonight in a three-game series, first of three games. And by the way, Heston Kerstad, former Razorback, he's in the O's organization, playing at their AAA team in Norfolk right now. A lot of Oriole watchers expect him to be in the show before this season's over. All right, here's the lineup at SEC Media Days for tomorrow. This is Tuesday. Hugh Freeze of Auburn, Kirby Smart of Georgia, Zach Arnett of Mississippi State, Clark Lee of Vanderbilt. Wednesday. And we'll be around Wednesday afternoon. I want to make sure we have some good sound from Coach Pittman and our players before we um, put the Wednesday podcast to rest. But on Wednesday, it's going to be Arkansas, Alabama, Florida, Kentucky. They'll wrap it up Thursday with Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Tennessee. The ESPN Arkansas team is in Nashville. Tommy Kraft, Ty Richardson are there. Well, they'll have coverage on the morning rush each and every day this week and on the other programming for ESPN Arkansas. We're back on Wednesday. More of SEC Media Days then. Until Wednesday, thanks for listening.
subscribe to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. Go to hitthatline.com or search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.